What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here. Fightful Raw Podcast. It is May 29th. June is just around the corner. Guys, if you all haven't checked it out, we did a post-UFC Sweden show yesterday. That main event was something else. Also, I posted the first ever Fightful Books It on Friday, or actually Saturday morning, rather, where I book an Aiden English push. Hear me out. Watch the video before you say, what? An Aiden English push? Huh? I promise you it makes a little bit of sense. I am joined by Alex Palowski, who will also join me on Sunday after WWE Extreme Rules. But before that, we do have the post-UFC 212 podcast Saturday night. Holy smokes with Showdown Joe uh, tomorrow afternoon. We also have the SmackDown show tomorrow night. The Listen Ya Boy, hopefully Wednesday. Uh, Jimmy's kid due virtually anytime now. But Alex, what's up, man? What's up, Sean? Uh, I want to give a uh, shout out to Anna Bauert for filling in for me last week. I was uh, under the weather, and uh, as I was for most of the week, but now I'm back, and hopefully better than ever. So um, I wish I could say the same for Raw, but it's a go home show on Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> so if we were expecting anything, we were killing, kidding ourselves. My wife was like, you looking forward to Raw? And I was like, no, I never look forward to the, the go-home shows anymore. Were they up against the Stanley Cup Finals Probably tonight? Yes, yes they were. Yep, they yeah. sure were. Predators versus Pins. Oh, boy. You know, I there were a lot. There was a lot on this show that I liked. There, there really was. There was a lot of really good storytelling on this on this show. Uh, there were a couple of good matches on this show, but there were there was some stuff that I just really, really liked on this show. But ultimately, we won't beat the dead horse three hours a long time. We get a nice Memorial Day opening. Nobody can touch WWE's production on this stuff. They are just the best when it comes to this. Any thoughts? Agreed. Agreed. No, they, they, <laughs> they, they always knock this kind of stuff out of the park. It doesn't matter. I mean, they could do an Arbor Day one, and I'd be like, oh, my God, I got to go plant a tree. I was about to ask what Arbor Day was for. Trees. But I couldn't remember. Yeah, there we go. And as I put on, on my notes, which release every Tuesday and Wednesday on Fightful.com at 8 a.m. Eastern, I wasn't expecting much out of this Raw. Go home shows always disappoint. Miss TV with Cesaro and Sheamus. Sheamus immediately goes to the all these people line. And I was like, no. All the things that Vince McMahon hates, all the terms that he hates, all the cheap things that he doesn't like, this still isn't one of them to the point to where The Miz went right to it next. Yeah. I was bummed by that. Yeah. Uh, the all You people, these people uh, thing is – it's just tired. You know, like the, – but the thing is, is that, that it did lead to, as I've been seeing a lot in my mentions uh, – it did lead to one of the best angles in company history, which was the Bret Hart uh, anti-America pro Canada thing where he was, he like a lot of the things he was saying were right. He was just being a dick about it. Like that's the, that's the line. If you, if you walk it, that could be really persuasive and interesting. Well, but Seamus like, told the truth too. The people did yeah. turn on Cesaro, but right. Man, I just, I just hate the, all you people, all these people line. It's so tired. It's so overdone. Let it go away for a while. Right. But then Ambrose comes out and calls them all buttheads. So, so there you go. That clears everything up. Now we know who to root for. He said he and, <laughs> he and the Hardys run the heels off. You know, for somebody who allegedly gets their ass kicked with regularity backstage, Sheamus can deliver a pretty convincing in-ring ass kicking. Yes, he's very good at acting like he's a tough guy. Ambrose uses a slingshot to the outside, got caught on his first suicide dive. I wish that would become a standard for him because the slingshot looked a lot better than his really bad suicide dive. Yeah. He's in need of an overhaul, Alex. Badly. Badly. When you have an in-ring technician like Cesaro that is forced by your loony offense to, like, 
not see a rebound clothesline coming when Cesaro would have that thing scouted years ago. Like it's just, it, it, it strains all credulity for, for people like that. If he's going up against the, the, uh, a guy for the first time, like Elias Sampson absolutely should be surprised by the rebound clothesline, but Cesaro shouldn't. That's just, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was all funny. Um, all, all fine. This whole thing was, uh, but what I found funny was at the end where Miz forgot how to take a twist of fate. Yeah, there. I had that in my notes. Miz and Hardy had like a little sloppy miscommunication spot. That, that was a bummer. Uh, on the contrary to of uh, Ambrose, a simple knee has like revitalized uh, or Sheamus rather. Because he hits that thing all over the place now, and he's very, very good at it. I would like to say that he's very good at doing it and not hurting somebody, but that remains to be seen. It is shameless. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I like the way that Miz psychologically adds things to his offense. Ric Flair gave him the figure four. He used yeah. the kicks to mock Daniel Bryan, and now they're his. There yeah. are a lot of great moves throughout history that are not being used right now, that could be used that way. Because, I mean, right now, you got moves like the rock bottom and the stunner and a lot of stuff like that that are, like, out of rotation. And it's been, gosh, almost, it's been 14 years since Steve Austin. Like, at what point, Alex, does it become okay to use that move again? Outside of Santino doing it comedically. Right. He is one of the greatest wrestling stars in history, so. Yeah. I feel like it, it's different for different guys. You know, the statute of limitations may never be up on stuff that Steve Austin used to do. Um, but um, I'm willing to I'm willing to see which guy takes it and uses it correctly. And you know, maybe like, okay, it's fine for this guy to do it, but not this guy, that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. Um, Miz really has co-opted a lot of stuff from the past into his current day stuff. And uh, I, I like it a lot. Um, and I like Miz a lot. Uh, he really sells that that Miz TV segment when it was like uh, Miz having two other heels on is always really fun because it's always Miz trying to outdo them and be even bigger heels than his guests, yeah. and that's fun to me. Hey guys, what kind of what finishers do you want to see basically put back in a rotation, revived? that hasn't been used in a while, go over to our forums at Fightful.com. Start a thread. Let me know. That's a conversation I would really love to have. The Drifter has a squash match, and he beats the bejesus (laughs) out of this poor guy. What was his name? Something Evans? Zach with the C. Just not CK. Not CH. Just the C. I know a Zach with just the C. Yeah. He also performed a song, The Drifter, being he used like the old Undertaker arm bar slam where he lifts them all yeah, the way up yeah, by yeah. their wrist and then slams them. That was cool. Uh, do you think that the drifter will sarcastically get over? Yes, if he's not already, I do too. Like, I do too. L- listen, you, you have him come out and they just say, Ladies and gentlemen, Elias Sampson, and he's he's already <laughs> there in the middle of the ring playing a guitar. They bring out all the lights. Listen, there's nothing more than millennials that millennials love than being able to turn on their little cell phone flashlights. Like Bray Wyatt wouldn't have gotten over as big as he did unless he'd walked in with the fireflies. Like this is a major oh, deal. I went to I think it was I can't remember who it was that I think it was Breaking Benjamin. Man, and I've been to a lot of their shows. Uh, guilty pleasure. I love Breaking Benjamin. Did. Last show sucked and he got all spiritual. The guy did and he's like, "Oh no. Turn off all the lights." Turn off all the lights in here. Everybody turn on the phones. And <laughs> you can tell that the lights were out because all of the flashlights were on. Yeah. He's like, the only thing powering this room is each and every one of you. And to which I said, I can't believe he said each and every one of you, that son of a bitch, <laughs> cut the promo. And I went off about it. So, yeah. Uh, I could see – oh, imagine if he does sarcastically get over as a baby face. Yeah. You know what? I'll save that for a Fightful Books It. Very good. That's good. Elias Sampson, the baby face. Uh, I, I did uh, – whoever this kid is, the Zach Evans, he's really great at, sell, at finding creative ways of selling things. He got kicked in the face while he was on his knees, 
It didn't actually go down. He just went all the way back. Kind of was hovering there. <laughs> that was great. The way he took his uh, the the crossroads thing that uh, that uh, is uh, Simonson's finisher. That was excellent. Like he was just kind of up in a downward dog position. If you do yoga, Gosh, and I can't remember who used great. to do that. I feel I, I feel like it was maybe Luther Reigns or somebody. I can't remember who yeah. did that version of the move, but right. it was about ten years ago. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I like this whole thing. Uh, I'm down for giving uh, Samson jobbers to squash. Provided yeah, I never. Yeah, it was this, good. This is the first time I think I've ever been entertained by an Elias Samson victory ever. Right. Yeah. So cool. Somebody says Breaking Benjamin Smackdown versus Raw 2004 memories. Yeah, there was some good stuff on there. I think it may have been how I fa- figured out who they were. I think it may have been. Let's see. Corey Graves backstage giving Kurt Angle a scoop. It seems like a Corey Graves like investigative journalist character is on the horizon, and your boy is down with that. If it's just Joe, Volume Two. If you all remember uh, Joe E. Legend, who they had briefly, uh, who would just show up and just kick shit up, just stir shit up, basically. He was a shit stir. Angle says he could be ruined if it's true. I was very interested on all fronts by this. Yeah, this whole thing was very interesting to me, particularly the first part where you have uh, Graves at the commentary desk not paying attention to Booger and Cole looking at his phone, gets up and leaves just, you know, mysteriously. I like that a lot more than the other thing with Angle because when Angle's like, if it's true, this could ruin me. Well, it's about you. Don't you know whether it's true or not? Like like he was like, he was reading a statement that like, that we know yes. things about Kurt Angle. And Kurt's like, if this is true, God, this is terrible. But Kurt, is it true or not? Because you you know whether it's true. But uh, other than that, no, I'm definitely down for um, Corey Graves as Adam Schefter of the NFL for for wrestling. Like guys, just sources just giving him inside info. Yeah. People he tell has, me things. He said, "People tell me things." I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm down with that over him saying the big dog 47 times. Oh, jeez, yes. Samoa Joe is backstage talking some trash about Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. When Bray Wyatt shows up on the screen, usually I tune Bray Wyatt out, but him talking to Joe kind of interested me. He changed up his cadence. It was a little bit of a different promo, not that different, but different enough to get me to pay attention. And it was just him trashing Joe and Balor. Right. This is one of those things. This is this is one of those things where I look at it and go, imagine if you all you had to do was just change Bray Wyatt's win percentage. And how how much different this would play? A guy who keeps like because Graves keeps saying, "Listen, you can tell Bray Wyatt absolutely believes what he is saying." It's like, yeah, but he's the only one because we've all seen him say this stuff a whole bunch of times, and it's never worked out for him. Uh, yeah. So um, we have no reason to to think that this is going to be any different. And that's a problem. If he had won, let's say every other feud as opposed to none of them. This might have some some real heft to it, but it doesn't because we all know what happens. He's you know just going to talk a really big game and be really good at that and have a you know either a mediocre or a stinker of a match and lose, and that's not fair. I'll tell you something I really loved. Something we have have kind of asked for in the past. Seth Rollins says. His knee is not injured anymore. It used to be his greatest weakness. Now it is his biggest strength. Great. There you go. Done. It took it took a one comment, one line to fill that plot hole. Yep. Why don't people go after his knee anymore? It ain't hurt. Nope. Cool. Now we don't have to watch him have the same match all the time. We don't have to bitch every time that he gets hit in the knee and then does a top rope move. Makes sense. Uh, Dash Wilder should never get his jaw unwired shut. He looks like a badass. <laughs> he looks like a Bond villain. I love he it. He looks Jaws? Yeah, he looks like Jaws. He Is looks that... like Jaws, and I love it. Um, He's got to keep it. He's got to keep something like grills or something now, right? Here's the thing. Now, he was never a bad promo in NXT, but Dawson <laughs> is the talker. Like, yeah. I would love it if it was just Dawson doing all the jibber-jabber 
and and Dash backs it up. Like that would be a really cool <laughs> way of getting that into there. You know, I just <laughs> I just uh, love it. I loved it. It was great. Yeah, even Do when you... he gets it off in real life, they should have like a prosthetic made for him that he can wear, like a mouthpiece that looks. Yeah. Like oh. They, for, that, for, that's easy. That's easy. You can just throw in a mouth guard. Yeah. They've got they've got like not glittered, but basically glittered sure. mouth guards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I was happy about that. Later on, Big Cass comes out and yells at Corey Graves for like insinuating that he attacked Enzo. This was also great. And yeah. then afterwards, he shakes Corey Graves' hand. Also great. Yep. I'm loving everything involving Corey Graves that. From the angle thing to the cast thing, it helped all people involved. Don't know who wrote this stuff, but hats off to them. I really, I really, really like that. What did you think of the the big cast portion of this? It was interesting. Like, I like the idea of like big cast being way overprotective of Enzo, so much so that you're like, mm, are you hiding something? Because then, obviously, it winds up being that they're not hiding something. But I like the idea of it's too obviously the, the revival. And it can't be Big Cass, can it? And hopefully it's somebody else. I don't, like, that's a third person, a third entity is who I'm hoping for now. But I like that they've set up, the, the it's like a, watching an episode of Law & Order. We're about 35 minutes into Law to an episode of Law & Order. We know who the two top suspects are. But it's never one of the top two suspects. It's no. the other guy. Like the hot dog vendor we talked to in minute eight, that's the guy. And I'm not sure who the hot dog vendor is in this analogy, but I'm looking forward to it. Corey Graves. Could be. He hates Enzo. He does hate Enzo. He hates Enzo. I would love, is there a guy that he could like, he could be like a a hired, hired goon for, for Corey Graves? Cause we, I (laughs) I don't think I want to see Corey Graves risking under injury in a ring. Yeah. So uh, I would love if he, if he, if he paid some dude to take out Enzo. Well, Enzo is backstage. He's attacked again. Cass says it's the revival. Kurt Angle says, no, they left. And Cass is like, no, it's them. So here's the question. Here's the big question. Because they did this with the Natty thing, and unfortunately it ended up being so obvious that it was Natty, and it, right. it did end up being Natty, which is right. a bummer. Yeah. Is that the case with Enzo? It's so obvious that they want us to think that it's Enzo. Or not, not Enzo. Sorry, that it's Cass. Like, right. or at least that's that's what they're putting out there because right. everybody's like, it's got to be Cass. It's got to right. be Cass. Does it end up being Cass? It's. I think it's too early to break up those guys. I think eventually you do, um, but I think that there's 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 a there are ways to go before then. You've got to give them. I mean, at, at SummerSlam, you can give them. A, a, a tag team championship win in Brooklyn, blow the roof off the joint and have them lose it the next night on raw because they're a bunch of losers. Then if you wanted to have cast break up with them, then that's cool. Or there's a great yeah. run that cast can have as a singles man as a singles run with Enzo as his manager. There's all these things you can do before you break them up and split them off because I don't know what the hell Enzo does without cast. Yeah. And you know, what is is Cass just going to come out and just go? I'm seven feet tall, and you can't teach that. You're soft, and and then he walks in the ring like he's just going to. Is he a different character? Like I don't know what they yeah. do with him. Um, so I think it's too early, but I wouldn't put it past him to like jump the gun and do it now. Um, but uh, I think there's I, still a great story to be told, which I will tell on Fightful Books. It there you go. Um, also, I, I, do, I, I do think it was funny that somebody jumped Enzo this time by the clangy poles that are always backstage during every. I'm ball. like, Enzo's probably just falling down all the time. There's shit everywhere. Yeah, there's just, it's just, it's really dis, you know, disorientated back there. Um, my thought is that if somebody actually had knocked him into the clangy poles, we would have heard about it out in the arena because those things are loud. You know what I mean? I think he just, he, he, I think Enzo's doing it to himself to get sympathy. Like maybe he's just like setting up a crime scene meticulously <laughs> and then laying down in it and then changing his position to make it look more, ah, uh, you know? Yeah, I think that's what's happening. We, hey, Goldust has this renewed push. 
we need some finality to GTV <laughs> from, from back in the day. GTV is going to reveal like Enzo just kicking some shit over and laying down gingerly, right? That's yeah. what. Uh, speaking of Gold Dust, he cut a nice promo in his old style. But I don't even really want to talk about what happened to R Truth, and it has nothing to do with Pulp Fiction. I'll just say this. Whoever wrote this for R-Truth was trying to make whoever wrote Bailey, This Is Your Life feel good about themselves. Yeah. It was yeah. shitty. It, it was bad. Yeah. yeah, well, yes, it was. Um, I think they were trying too hard to like, make it like, let's, let's do what Goldust does, but do it with a completely different person who doesn't do it as well. Uh, that's, no, that's not going to work. Um, Everyone's saying, oh, I can't wait for, for their match at Extreme Rules, which as far as I saw, didn't get announced. But yeah. um, if it I does... I was ready to write the article. I had, right. <laughs> I had Compose article pulled up. I was about to write the uh, match added. Uh, uh, nope. Match um, added to the kickoff show. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is that it could be added tomorrow or even Wednesday. Who knows? But uh, but it's it, it does seem like they're, you know, headed for a conflict at some point. Um. Fine, uh, get our truth out of there and have Goldust go on a real run and f up some fools. Um, I I love evil old school Goldust and he needs a Dustin Rhodes deserves one last run as a great mid card heel before he hangs it up. And I think this this could be it. Yeah, and I think he deserves one more good run. Samoa Joe defeated Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt. Uh, a Tower of Doom spot from Bray Wyatt. Didn't see that one coming. Balor dives onto both opponents outside. I love that. Uh, you always hear me touting good psychology from dives. There was a really neat corner spot where Balor is throwing elbows to Joe, and Wyatt just creams him. I like that a lot. There were a lot of spots on this show, notably Wyatt turning on Joe. Didn't get a good reaction. I was surprised. I'm wondering why do these people why do these guys even care about this match? What what did Joe have to gain here? Of course there's always the weaken your opponent type of thing, but you're also running a risk. I I, I it's as simple as saying they get paid more. Right. But that's not that's not the that's never brought up. Right. Yeah, I guess it's the Get to the pay know, window. Right. Yeah. It's that simple. We're we're bad guys and we like beating people up. Like it's, it's fun for us. So we like to do it is, is all I can think of. And then the good guys are like, we are good guys. So we'd fight honorably. And there's uh, you've challenged me to a duel and disperse my, and disperse my honor. So I must. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, you're right. there is no reason for this. Uh, it's all I want. I wanted for uh, Kevin Owens during his meaningless feuds when he had uh, the universal title, when they would continue to book him in ridiculous matches uh, where he should just like, they put him in a, in a, in a, in a cage match. I remember against Seth Rollins or somebody. And I wanted him to come to the ring and with a, with a book and just sit in the corner and read a magazine or something and let the guy climb out of the cage. Cause what does he care? Yes. You know, he, it's not for the title. So who like it was a non-title cage match. So when you when you put in when you put smart heels or what are supposed to be smart heels in these matches that have no consequences for losing, they should lose on purpose. You know, like because otherwise, you know, why are they even doing it? Uh this these are the matches like I feel like Bray Wyatt should have done a lot more of like hanging outside the ring, like, no, you guys have at it. I'm I'm gonna be fresh on Sunday. You know, like the the guy who's supposed to be the mastermind should be doing that more often. Now they did a they did a lot of cool, like one upsmanship, like running into Finn Balor in the corner. That was kind of fun. Like how, how badly can we beat him up? I'll beat him up, then you beat him up. I I liked that for a while, but um, well, this is just treading water until this match on Sunday. After which, a lot of these guys won't be anywhere near each other. Because all programs are all, all going to change, so um, it just felt like it was kind of like oh, we we got to go home show uh, triple threat. That'll be fun, and then they did. Yeah, you pretty much summed it up there. 
Also, Finn Balor did a front drop kick to the outside of the ring. Another yeah. dove cries. Yeah. Looked like Finn or Bray missed a spot at the end. Finn was on the top rope, like waiting to hit Bray yeah. with something and ended up getting down. Joe steals the win. I liked the match. Enjoyed it. Good stuff. Yeah, fun. Good stuff. Rich Swan defeated Noam Dar. I like what they're doing with Sasha Banks. I like the the Alicia Fox program. I like that they're integrating cruiserweights. Swan wins about a five minute match, which was just fine. Sasha attacks Fox. Uh, Sasha dancing got no reaction, nor did the typical Rich Swan. Hey, you want me to get her to dance? Yeah. Meanwhile, Alicia Fox is out there like, don't do it. I had to dance with DJ fucking Gabriel. It's not worth it. It's going to take years off your career. That was fine. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it, this was fine. I like they're keeping Sasha busy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, so she's not involved in whatever Bailey's doing uh, because it seems to be every, every all the fans are like, well, when's, when's Sasha going to turn on Bailey? Have it do it now. And this is like, well, no, she's doing something else right now. And that's fine. As long as you give her something to do that's mildly compelling, that's fine. Um, it's uh, I'm cool with it with, you know, a mixed gender, uh, mixed cruiserweight. Um, match at Extreme Rules that could be fun. Let's see. Um, it's interesting how when Cedric Alexander went out with the injury, they just slid the other black guy into his place in this storyline and just kept on going. Uh, and they didn't really need to change much. Um, but uh, yeah, Let, let's see where this goes. Um, I'm open to where this goes. The idea that Sasha Banks is going to show up on 205 Live tomorrow, and that's supposed to be a really big deal. We'll see if it is. And if so, they I mean, start- it, seems like, it seems like they're trying to give the cruiserweights the rub from the women, which I think is badass. Yeah. That, that shows how far things have come. Yep. That a secondary women's program is giving the rub to a cruiserweight program. That's yeah. cool. I like it. I like, I like the idea of um, special guest stars from Raw on 205 Live, and I like mostly that it's the women. Hey, everybody, head over and subscribe to our friend Demon Diva's new YouTube channel, by the way. You all saw her on the Members Only podcast I did a while back. So uh, show some love to her. She has a little wrench on our YouTube chat on occasion, banning people if she so pleases. Next up... Titus O'Neil versus Kalista. This is <laughs> I love this. Okay, so first let me say this was until the end. Kalisto was just kicking the living shit out of Titus. And it was great. It was Kalisto squashing Titus as he should. And mm-hmm. then Titus held the tights. This doesn't hurt Kalisto at all because it you can't take a home away from a homeless man. You know right. what I mean? You're not going to hurt him at all. And Apollo Crews is like, I saw you. I saw you. I see what's up here. <laughs> that was this is fun. I liked it. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's one of those things that, that you know, you, you give Titus the right stuff to do, and he can be a lot of fun. I mean, er, last year he was doing this thing when he first was doing the Titus brand where he was doing press conferences. Uh, fam- he was aping f- famous sports press conferences uh i'm not sure so we won't get fined and 
they are who we thought they were. And you and I loved that shit. And then they just kind of like, it just fell off. And I feel like this is a guy who's talented enough to, to, to make, you know, let, um, lemonade out of lemons. And, you know, like you, you're giving him some stuff to do and this could be fun. And who knows, maybe this actually leads to Apollo Crews having something to do. Um, Some, but, somebody asked why Kalisto isn't in the cruiserweight division. That has not been explained at all. No, never. And not once. And it, it a, still it's, confounds it's me. It's as simple as saying he signed a heavyweight contract. That's what they right. do in New Japan, and they never have to address it again. Right. Yeah. And even just even in some degrees, like Kenny Omega turns it into a badass promo right. where he turns on AJ Styles and says, "I starved myself to make weight." So you could be the heavyweight champion, and I'm done with it. Yeah. Uh, simple. Yeah, it's very simple. The, but the other, the other thing about it is, why isn't Kalisto just in the cruiserweights? Nobody's saying that about Finn Balor, because we know Finn Balor belongs in that upper echelon. They're promoting him as such. When you have a guy who's under 205 pounds languishing in the bottom third of the card, it just it – just, it doesn't make any sense for him not to like venture over to the cruiserweights and go, Hey, what's going on with the purple ropes guys? Can I, can I play too? Like another person says, how do you then justify Neville in the cruiserweight division? You say that he signed a cruiserweight contract. You could say that they were offered them and they were either declined or accepted. Right. It's not hard. Not hard at all. Uh, Bailey, this is your life is hard. Hard on everything. My eyes. eyes You said hard on, uh, Alexa Bliss smacked her lips about 435 times. I don't know who wrote this or if Alexa was freestyling, but it was absolute dog shit. The acting, the portrayals, the delivery, they had Mrs. Flapper, her teacher or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she called her Flapper McGapper, which... sounds like an insult you would be hurled at walking down the street in New York City. <laughs> Flapper McGaffer. Uh, Damn. Uh, I don't, uh, they're, they're in Greensboro, South Carolina, so Alexa Watch Bliss. mouth. She has a family. Flapper McGaffer. Alexa Bliss flew in Miss McGaffer from, uh, from all the way from San Jose, California to Greensboro to pull off this terrible little skit. Uh... I get the 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 idea that can I can I just can I just like speak for all wrestling fans when I say we get it Bailey Bailey's a child and she she was a fan and she really liked wrestling growing up and your your idea of her is that she's not a real adult like we get it that's that's cool we all accept it now and we can move on because this is the same shit they did when Charlotte was reading old poems of Bailey's. Uh, it was like, it's, it's, it's just a recycle job. And I don't like <laughs> Dork, it. How dare you accomplish your dreams? Yeah, I'm, exactly. Like you, you <laughs> wanted to do this thing and then you succeeded at it. How, what a loser you are is the opposite of what is true. Like, I don't get it. Like one thing, if you're like Bailey, all Bailey ever wanted to do, was was be the shortstop for the New York Yankees, and she failed. Like that's <laughs> something you could do that, but no, nope. You're you're you're, you're making fun of her for a dream. A shortstop for the Dodgers. That's what they would do with it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, lol, at your twenty five million dollar a year contract. Oh, you, sir. Wow. Yeah. Oh man, was really it was bad. bad. The the best the, friend and the the best friend and the boyfriend thing was just painful. So here's the thing: Do you think in storyline those were really her best friend and ex boyfriend, or they were just actors, quote unquote, that Alexa Bliss hired in storyline? No, no, they were supposed to be her actual childhood best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely! Oh my god! Of course they were. Of course that was supposed to be Mrs. Flapper. Her actual fourth grade teacher or I'm whatever. I'm telling you guys, that is uh, Claire Lynch levels of bad acting. Claire Lynch, oh, TNA man. wrestling level. Oh, so it's bad. the worst oh. I've ever seen. Uh, what was the deal with, like, the guy almost kissed her dad? I don't, like, 
like, what was that? Why was that a thing? Like, who wrote that? And then the idea of, like, I've always loved you, whatever your name is, Tracy, instead of Bailey. And this is a thing. Like, no, this didn't happen, like, a year ago. They're all in their late 20s now. Like, if, like, the idea that, like, Bailey at, like, 28 would be like, oh, my God, this guy that I used to date 11 years ago. Do you, do you think she's supposed to be 28 in storyline, though? Is she supposed to be 28? You're right. Who knows? Or is she playing young? She's probably playing. And then her friend will say, <laughs> I kissed your father. <laughs> oh, yeah. You really want to kick your ass. This is bad. Bailey comes out. She gets caned. End this, please. Now, I have a, I have a question. About the, the 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 how a kendo stick on a pole match works. If Bailey climbs up and grabs it, and Alexa takes it from her, can Alexa use it on Bailey, or is it therefore a disqualification if the person who doesn't get the kendo stick uses it on the other person? Because they're it's just like whoever gets it, you <laughs> use it first. I, I, I don't know. It's. I've never liked blank on a pole matches when there are weapons because I feel like it always winds up being the other guy who uses it anyway. So the only the only <sighs> salvageable thing that can come out of this is if they if WWE produces a mobile game called Flapper Bird <laughs> and it is Mrs. Flapper as the bird. That's the only yeah. way. Yep. That's the only way. Austin Aries and Jack Gallagher defeated Neville and TJP. This may have been my least favorite match on the entire show. Man, it was it was is... not good. It was really terrible. I like Jack Gallagher's headlock escape. The match picks up off of a hot tag because it is a paint-by-number WWE tag match. They were in chin locks and rest holds through the duration of the match. This was this is not how you get the cruiserweights over. I'm not okay. saying I know how, but I know that this is not how it happens. Maybe they don't want them over. Maybe they want them in this spot. Maybe they want them for that very, very small niche. But this ain't working. No, but that's the whole thing is the niche. The niche fans who love cruiserweights don't love this. That's not what they – who's out there? What niche is out there saying, I really want to see heavyweight-style matches but with dudes who are 175 pounds? Who's who's out there saying that? I mean – this is the thing. Remember what I was begging for for months at Extreme Rules? A six-man ladder match of the Cruiserweights for the title. What is the opposite of that? A one-on-one submission match. Yeah. That's what we're getting. Mat work. Really good, technically sound mat work. And, I mean, hey, listen. Both of these guys can do it. And I feel like this match is going to be, like, sneaky good on Sunday. And yet, it's not what they should be doing with the cruiserweights. Like, there's so much more you could be doing with these guys. And, like, who can lock in their submission finisher first is not what I'm looking for. That reminds me. Last week, let me make sure that this text was exactly right. One of the people that I speak to within WWE watches the show. Preaching to the choir about logic, dude. That's yeah. Aries makes Neville tap out. I love how Neville backstage, he was in a way. Yeah. Yeah. He was unhappy. He was, he was not unhappy. Uh, I, I, uh, I do like that. Um, if it's one of those things of now, we already knew that Neville was vulnerable to the, to the last chancery. He had to cheat to get out of it two pay-per-views in a row. So uh, him tapping out here is not a surprise, um, but, now we have the pay-per-view and see what happens there. Guys, submit some questions over at Fightful.com. We'll get it to a couple of them tonight because we're almost already through the show. Over at Fightful.com on that podcast page. That's where I want them. Not on the YouTube chat. You scoundrels. Roman Reigns defeated Seth Rollins. This was a damn good match. This was... What you would expect out of these two, they had a fantastic finish. I I never know what Seth Rollins' finish is going to be on a weekly basis. But and I and I don't know if I like that finish, the the yeah, the rainmaker into the knee deal. I don't know if I like that at all, but 
he was he's one of those guys like he benefited the pedigree for him i don't know if if it works no. so understandable um, I'm like just give him the damn curb stomp I back know. and call it something else call it something else yeah call that the king slayer or something yeah then people yeah but then it's like well he didn't slay the king with that move so yeah whatever um although with the rain trigger or whatever it is that omega calls it uh his knee is now the strongest part of him. So I guess now if he hits it with the knee, it's, it's, you know, much, it hurts a lot more. Um, John Cena. This, uh, this was a perfectly fine, serviceable, good, even great match between the two of them. But I've already seen the best iteration of a one-on-one match between these two with an even better finish. Um, which was, of course, uh, Money in the Bank last year when Rollins beat um, Reigns by countering a spear into a pedigree. It's one of the greatest counters I've ever seen in my life. Will continue to be at least in the top five if I die at 100. It was perfectly timed. It was wonderful. And so this is great and fine. It's on Raw and whatever. Um, And we're moving on because... I don't think either of these guys will factor into the finish of um, of the match on Sunday, and they'll they're not going to be you know dancing with each other come next Monday. So it was kind of a cool little one off. Hey, remember these guys used to be friends? They're going to fight now. You know, it was that's that's basically the extent of the meaning behind this match. So um, I'm kind of ready for for things to have meaning beyond uh, beyond yeah. Sunday and moving on to something and- else. And with outside with the backstage segments, they did such a good job with a lot of that. Like right. the Corey Graves stuff, the Kurt Angle stuff, the Enzo stuff. Damn, I loved it. Uh, the triple threat match, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, really liked that. The Hardy's Ambrose stuff, lazy, so lazy, yeah, insultingly lazy. The Sasha Banks, Rich Swan deal. Yeah, I like it, but also lazy. And that cruiserweight match, boy, that was a stinker. Overall, for a Memorial Day go home raw, I gotta say it was it over delivered for me because of the, the stories, the storylines mm-hmm. kept me. I, I'm wanting to know. I want to know who attacked Enzo. I want to know what's up with Kurt Angle. I want to know all this stuff. Right. I want to see. What kind of shit that Corey Graves is going to stir up next? So, right. Hey, I'm 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 all da- I'm down for that. I I like that. I think it's interesting uh, uh, that those storylines that you you mentioned the Enzo and Cass thing, uh, Corey Graves and Angle, more storyline shit for for Corey Graves. For me, even uh, what they're going to do with with Goldust, and as of right now, none of that shit appears in the pay per view. So you have a go home, a go home episode of Raw that. Their yeah. most interesting things have nothing to do with what they're going home to. So that to me seems kind of like it's not as great. Let's make some predictions. Rich Swan and Sasha Banks against Noam Dar and Alicia Fox. Of course, guys, we will have full live coverage at Fightful.com. We'll have a forum thread up that you all can talk in as well as live coverage. We have a post-show podcast. I believe Anna Bauer will drop her next Most Ridiculous the day of the pay-per-view. I could be wrong because, you know, there's a bunch of pay-per-views now, but her uh, most recent drop this morning, it's great. Head over to the site. Check it out on the sidebar. But this mixed tag match, who you got, Alex? Uh, I think uh, the baddies squeak out a victory, and Noam Dar um, is beating down Rich Swan in the ring, and out comes Cedric Alexander to come out and make the save and actually they're, they're going to reignite that feud, which is the same feud they had with Rich Swan, but different black guy now. So it's totally different, but uh, I love me some Cedric Alexander and um, I wanted to see him more on raw. I completely agree with that prediction. Neville versus Austin Aries. I was leaning towards Neville because I'm down with him being a dominant champion, but I think they're going to give it to Aries because if not, then, how can you put him in a title program anytime, virtually ever? Right. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I would be 100% certain that but Aries was going to win, Aries but never, Aries won tonight. tonight, and that's just that's yeah. odd. And he won, like, clean and dominantly. Like, he, he made that's him tap out. Point. 
so so I'm actually gonna say, I'm actually gonna say Neville wins on on. That's about fifty fifty these days, though. I think fifty five percent is the actual number. Yeah, you're 55%, right. Fifty five percent. If you go over before, you go over after, and I think the story of Neville being flustered is going to play into this. Like, yeah, Aries got into his head. Yeah, Hardy Boys versus Cesaro and Sheamus tag team steel cage match. This is another situation where Cesaro and Sheamus have been given shot after shot after shot. Is do they finally do it here? Um, I'm going to say yes, and here's here are the reasons why. I feel like the next people to feud with the Hardys after um, Sheamus and Cesaro, if the Hardys win, would be the Revival, and they're busy doing stuff. So um, I don't really think it, the, it, the club is absent. They weren't even on Raw. Wow, now. yeah, I completely forgot about that. On. So, um, so I feel like... Um, it's a weird thing for the Hardys to request a cage match when their when their speciality is the ladder match. And what do you want to do with two big bruising dudes who like to beat the hell out of people? Put it in a steel cage where more things hurt. So yes. I feel like this is the special the speciality of Seamus and Cesaro. And I feel like Seamus and Cesaro can win this thing. And then you can see possibly, you know, singles matches for Matt and Jeff, maybe you know, Matt gets closer to breaking at some point. Uh, that comes out of them losing their belts here. So what I wonder is, do the Hardys pull the gaff of one of them getting outside the cage, mm. and then the other one just gets the ever-loving shit beat out of him by those two in the cage? Right. Well, this is one of those things. Is um, it, It's traditionally, yes, both – Tag members have to get out at this. Both have, have to be out with with me touching the floor in order to win. But as we've seen, they can change the rules of matches on the fly and just say, "Oh no, this time it's different. Only one of them has to get out, but his hand has to touch the floor." Like they could change whatever they want. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Jeff's doing a swanton off that cage too. One million percent. Yeah. Alexa Bliss versus Bailey. I think Bailey wins this, maybe goes into SummerSlam as champion. What do you think? If she doesn't uh, win this, maybe she wins the next pay-per-view. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I, I was thinking she would lose this and win the next one in July. But I do think she'll go in as champion at SummerSlam, and I think she'll face Sasha there. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm picking Bliss, but I am picking Bailey to get the, the kendo stick first. Use it for a while, and then Bliss to win anyway. Miz versus Ambrose Intercontinental title. I would have Miz win this title, or this win this title, and I'd have him do it by getting Ambrose DQ'd. I think that's the most heelish thing you can do. The Miz, I don't want to say he struggled, but he thrives when he when he has the perception that somebody's coming after something of his, that somebody's trying to take something away from him, that he. <laughs> As a privileged white guy earned, right? He is that guy yeah. who is like the world is coming to get me. Everybody's out to get me. He doesn't have Daniel Bryan to play off of anymore. That hurts too. But I think that this is going to help him a lot, and I think he'll win uh, Sunday. Um, you set up a stipulation like this: Dean Ambrose can lose the title on a disqualification, and if Ambrose just winds up winning, what the hell is the stipulation for? Like, yeah. I, I, what I'm interested in is to me that's a foregone conclusion. Uh, that Miz well, they'll, they'll do some teasing no matter what. They will. Um, but I'm interested in seeing how they do it. And I would love to see if Maurice pulls an Eddie Guerrero where she lays down on the outside and tosses the belt to, uh, to Ambrose and gets Ambrose DQ. I want Miz, yeah. I want Maurice to be the one who figures out how to do it. Um, and please just end, end this program forever. forever. Uh, I'm done with seeing these two guys wrestle each other. Number one contender match, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, Samoa Joe. Who you got here? Okay, <clears throat> so all of these, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. It's like trying to figure out how, to, how you're going to book coming out of this. Everyone seems to believe that uh, Braun's coming back earlier than the six months that they said, and they're moving toward a SummerSlam match July. with him. Yeah. And, and yeah, him and Brock. 
uh, which means whatever happens coming out of this, that guy's got a one-month program with Brock and he's going to lose. So who comes out? Who who would be protected out of that? Or who would doesn't need to be protected? So I'm picking either Seth Rollins to come out of this uh, and then go to, to Great Balls of Fire where he gets the match cost by from that match by Samoa Joe and goes Hopefully right back into that program. That show. Me too. Um, or Bray Wyatt somehow wins this damn thing, then loses the match in Dallas against Great Balls of Fire because who cares if he loses or not? Doesn't yeah. matter. He's he can he can lose matches from here to forever, and they'll keep booking him the same way. So that's what's going to happen, and um, that all the other guys in this match will move on to something else. Finn would be the guy I would choose, but I I feel like he's his program with Brock should last several months, not just a one off. That doesn't you know him getting beat the hell out the hell bad out of him by Brock Lesnar does him no favors. So. There's nothing. There's nothing to do there. I think it's going to be Finn Balor, and I think he's going to get beaten soundly. And then whenever he gets his opportunity again, he'll have to do it maybe as the demon. Yeah, I think I think it'll be Finn because of the thing that Heyman set up. I could be wrong. Hell, just predictions. Yeah, yeah. But we we have full coverage this Sunday. Uh, UFC two twelve coverage this Saturday. Lots of stuff going down at Fightful.com. Head over there, register, start a topic on our forums. I love how much you guys have been doing that. I love keeping in touch with you all on the forums. So uh, keep up with that. Spread the word about Fightful.com. We are still relatively new. Click that subscribe button on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher. Leave us a thumbs up. That stuff really helps too. But I want to thank you guys so much uh, for supporting us. It's been Almost a year now. We are 11 months into Fightful.com. I can't believe that. But it was just about a year ago that Jimmy Van, who you can see on the Wednesday list in your boys show, if his kid isn't born by them, contacted me. And then a couple weeks after that, I said, hey, I got to staff a site. And Alex said, yeah, sure, I'll throw my hat in the ring. <laughs> yeah, Almost literally, that's what I wrote. <laughs> Who may have made it quicker to a full-time job in pro wrestling than anybody ever. So, hey, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Alex, yep. where can they see you on the Twitter machines? At Pulowski the fourth. You can follow me at Sean Ross App and, of course, at Fightful Online. I want to thank you guys so much. It means a lot. Uh, ask some questions over there on that, that those forums. We'll get to them this week. Uh, thank you guys so much. Until next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.